Chut, chut, everyone. Welcome to Tuscan Radio. I'm your host, Drew Gretsch, and today, of all days, as um, Galen Erso says in Rogue One, it is the day for the final review of the Obi-Wan Kenobi series. I, I put out the, um, the instant reaction right after my first viewing of the episode on, on Wednesday morning. I've seen the episode twice now. It's uh, Thursday, like one o'clock or so. So that's the timestamp for when this episode is being recorded. And yeah, we are talking all about Obi-Wan Kenobi season one, episode six, part six. This episode was released on Disney Plus on June 22nd, 2022, and has a runtime of 51 minutes. The episode was directed by Deborah Chow and was written by Joby Harold, Andrew Stanton, and Hossein Amini. And, you know, the episode description on Disney Plus was very informative. The episode description that we got from Disney Plus read, the action-packed special event finale. And that tells you all you really need to know about the episode. <laughs> um, unless really the fact that it's a special event. I... the To me, at least, the question of do I want a season two and will there be a season two are two very different things. Because do I want a season two? Honestly, the answer to that one is no. I think that this story, like, you guys, you guys know, this finale nailed it for me. So I'm going to walk away saying I that I love this series. So I loved this show, but there, there were things that were stretched out that I don't think should have been stretched out. Um, things that were re- repeated. That should not have been repeated. And I think that this is a story that would have benefited tremendously from being a two-hour movie. It's been a fantastic two-hour movie, but the time for that's going to come later on. I, I do think there will be a second season. I think there will be a second season. I hope a second season would be set on Tatooine. On the sands of Tatooine, you know, um, just because I, I I feel like if if you do more of Obi Wan going off world and stuff, he's kind of abandoning his mission, you know. Regardless of what he told um, Owen at, at at the end of the show, and that being said, this is, will of course be full spoilers for the entire first season of Obi Wan. All right, uh, so. Spoiler alert, it's all coming, alright? It's all coming. Um, But there's actually, like, one tiny sliver of a news piece um, for us to talk about, and that is... So I talked about a little bit ago, I think it was like a month and a half ago or so, that there was... that we had the announcement of a docu-series for Disney Plus called Light and Magic. It's coming to Disney Plus on July 27th. And we didn't know if it was going to be weekly or all at once. Um, and Disney revealed their slate 
for July 2022. And it's been confirmed that Light and Magic, all six episodes, are coming to Disney Plus on Wednesday, July 27th. So you can look forward to that. I'll be in Ireland at that time, and I'll be um, at um, Skelly Michael, where they shot The Last Jedi and The Force Awakens. I, I th- Yeah, I think that they did shoot The Force Awakens there. I believe for The Rise of Skywalker, all the stuff on Octo was a... Um, I believe that was a um, green screen. But yeah, so I can wait to go there for that. Um, yes, but we'll talk about Light and Magic when I get back from there. We'll talk about all the little things that it reveals. I personally cannot wait for the Disney Gallery for Obi-Wan Kenobi. I can't wait for that special to drop. I think uh, it's going to be incredibly informative. Again, I think Disney Plus has done a fantastic job with their documentaries. I think you can look at the, at the Disney Gallery stuff for um, The Mandalorian, more Mando than The Book of Boba Fett one. Um, to me, The Book of, Bo- of Boba Fett one. And again, I like that show. I like that show. I think it's the weakest of the three shows we've gotten, but I still enjoyed it. But to me, that special really just like solidified that <laughs> this show was made as an afterthought. But the um, the Marvel Studios Assembled documentaries have been fantastic. It's been really cool to like, track the um, the making of Phase 4 through those. I, I, I think it's been really, really great to, to see them. But yeah, but that's really it for the news. I mean, again, I just recorded the last episode a couple days ago, so there hasn't been much. It's mostly been Kenobi news, which I really just wanted to take this show to really just decompress after that finale and just give my full thoughts on it. And then in a couple weeks after I've had the chance to watch the show a few more times, because this is a show that has a lot of rewatchability to it, in my opinion. Then we'll come back. We'll do our full season wrap up like we did for Book of Boba Fett. Um, yeah, so that, that's basically just what that's going to be for the next two months until Andor. We're, we are going to be going on a bit of a hiatus, but there will be some episodes that drop. I, I, want to do some episodes from TV commentaries, which we try to do for those two weeks where I had a Patreon. I'm like, okay, this isn't really worth it. So kind of dropped that. But yeah, I, I'd love to do a, um, like this commentary for these live action shows, but th- that's a conversation for, for off air with the co-hosts and other things. So yeah, let's just get right on into my notes here. Um, you know, I just want to talk about the big thing in this episode, for me at least. There are a couple big things in this episode, but one of them I called, kind of, in, in a way I called it, um, and that was Liam Neeson returning, uh, Liam Neeson as in the body in live action, because Liam Neeson has been making, um, other appearances in the 20, what is it, 23 years now since The Phantom Menace, you know, um, he, he lended his voice, or he, he lent his voice to, um, Star Wars The Clone Wars for three episodes, um, an episode, a couple episodes in season three and some in season six, what episodes? I remember he did at least one episode in, in the Mortis trilogy in season three, so he did, um, yeah, Clone Wars season three episodes fifteen and seventeen. 
Overlords, and Ghosts of Mortis, respectively. And then, once again, in Season 6, Episode 11, Voices, where Yoda travels to, to Dagobah and really learns um, that there is life after death in, in the Force. Um, more recently, though, uh, Liam Neeson did lend his voice to live action again, kind of, um, in a voice cameo for The Rise of Skywalker, you know, uh, during the scene, which I, that's a scene where everyone recorded new dialogue, you should have had them all there in person, it's been so great to have that, like, of all the small, tiny problems I have with The Rise of Skywalker, the easiest one to fix, because I think the biggest one is Finn's arc, I would have given Finn a much better, like, payoff to his arc, but the number one thing that I would have changed, you know, because I think this is the easiest thing you could change, is, you know, do, like, have the Force Ghosts there, have the Force Ghosts there that come to Rey, you know, if if you're gonna say you're all the Jedi, you should show that all the Jedi are behind you, whatever, it's fine, I, I still cried when I heard that in the, in the film, back in 2019, um, but yeah, but Liam Neeson showed up, he showed up, I personally loved that scene, that might be one of my favorite scenes in all of Star Wars, because you guys know, you guys know that Qui-Gon Jinn is my favorite, uh, character from the Star Wars movies, Qui-Gon's my favorite from the movies, um, ah- Ahsoka is my, my favorite overall Star Wars character, but from the films, Qui-Gon Jinn is my favorite. So, I really did love that he came back. I uh, We know that he's going to be popping up in the Tales of the Jedi animated anthology series um, li- later this year, once again playing Qui-Gon Jinn. So, love th- love that so much. I actually wrote down all the, the dialogue, um, for that, for the, the end of that. Well, took you, you, you long enough. I was beginning to think that you'd never come. Well, I was always here, Obi-Wan. You were just not, not ready to see. Come on, we, we've got a long ways to go. I, I can't do the voice. I can't do the Liam Neeson voice. I, I wish that, that, that I could, but I couldn't, but yeah, um, loved seeing the return of, of Liam Neeson for that scene, we also saw the return of Ian McDiarmid as Emperor Palpatine, I, you know, and this was so, and for those of you who've been watching Ms. Marvel and listening to another Marvel podcast, my Marvel show, because we do the, um, the Ms. Marvel after shows on Wednesdays when the episodes drop, Star Wars ones, I want to give it more time, just let my thoughts sink in more, plus it's hard to do two on one day, so, um, like, two of these big after shows on one day, so, I mean, on there, and slight spoilers for episode three of Ms. Marvel, but, um, in that, in that episode, you have two scenes that are taking place almost concurrently with each other, with Kamala and her mother, and then Kamala's brother, Amir, and the father. And they're having sort of this, the same conversation, 
but just differently. And I really, and that's another comparison you can draw to this episode of Obi-Wan, where, um, you know, you, you see Master and Apprentice. You know, you have Vader and you have Sidious, and you have Obi-Wan and Qui-Gon. You know, you have, and they're not, they're nowhere near like the same, like, um, context, you know, um, but, you know, they're both masters appear to them in like blue shiny images. So yeah, I, I loved seeing them both come back. We also, in this episode, finally got the return of like some classic Star Wars themes because that is something that this show has been lacking. This show has been lacking like classic Star Wars themes in my opinion. Um, I thought that Natalie Holt has, has done a good job of, you know, doing the music for Kenobi. I'm excited to, for the, um, for the score album to drop on, um, on Spotify by the end of the month. Can't, cannot wait to hear that. Um, you know, I, I think that the scores for the Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett were better because... Those are two shows that I think really establish themselves differently from like a musical context where Obi-Wan Kenobi to me felt very much the same, but it was more like other shows where you don't really feel the music where Star Wars movies, you always feel the music, you know, like the, the John Williams of, of it all, like, you know, um, Rebel Force Radio will often say that the music of Star Wars provides the oxygen for it. You know, it, it gives it that <laughs> that room to breathe. So, but yeah, I mean, I also really love the um, the specific, like, Obi-Wan Kenobi theme that John Williams wrote for this show. Because, you know, he he wrote an Obi-Wan theme for A New Hope. It was the Force theme. And that's since been known as the Force theme. So I think actually having an Obi-Wan theme in, in this series, you know, that, that, that which ended each episode. And, and we'd hear like bits and pieces of throughout the episodes. But I feel like this episode, it really like stood out more was in this finale. But I loved hearing the Imperial March come back. There's actually one really cool... And I'm jumping jumping around the episode a lot. I just want to talk about these big things first. And we'll go back to the beginning and I'll talk more about it. And there's one, I think, really big criticism I have of this entire series. That I'll talk about at, like, later. Um, The cinematography in Vader's throne room was sort of, like, shaped like the helmet. And I'm going to try and pull up now the, um, I'm going to try and pull up the actual, like, timestamp that you can, you can go to on Disney Plus just to, <coughs> to see it. Um, where is it? Okay, I'm, I'm at the scene, Palpatine, <coughs> excuse me, um, so it starts at, you, and you can, can go to your Disney Plus and find this. 
you minded. It starts at um at thirty three fifty three N, and then as it pans out, you can slowly see like it becomes more like Vader's helmet. You know, and I thought that was super cool how how they did they, they did that there. Um, and I don't even know if it was like intentional, but I mean, it looks a, a bit like Vader's helmet. So, yeah, there was that scene which I I, I loved. I, I loved the um. Just I, I think that this is a series like the last like four or five scenes were really really well done. Like, um, everything from. I, I guess sort of like the actual like ending of, of the episode. Like after the main action is done and it's all just wrapping up the scenes with uh Vader and the Emperor, um and then Ben and Leia's farewell, which was beautiful. Absolutely beautiful. The and I actually wrote down this entire this entire, um, I guess, line or several lines that that Ewan had, and I, I'm not going to say it as as well as Ewan as Ewan did in the episode. But if you want to see Ewan do it, you can go and watch the episode. Um, but but what he says is, Leo. When I said before that I didn't know your parents, Princess Leo Organa, you are wise, discerning, kind-hearted. These are qualities that came from your mother. But you are also passionate and fearless, forthright. And these are gifts from your father. Both were exceptional people who bore an exceptional daughter. I wish I could tell you more. And then she says, it's okay. You don't have to. You know, and then she looks at her parents and, she, and you know, I feel like that right there is... is her, I think, truly now accepting that, um, like, Bale and Bria as her her parents. And not that she didn't before, but I feel like that, like, fully cemented it. Because earlier on in the series, she did talk about, um, sh- she did ask Ben questions about her, her parents, you know, so that was weighing on her her mind. Um, and honestly, I cannot wait to rewatch, um, the original three films after this, particularly A New Hope and Return of the Jedi. I'm actually doing a full live action chronological rewatch after I do my Kenobi rewatch of the, of the series. Cause I, you know, I'm going to do the prequels. I'm going to do Solo, Kenobi, Rogue One, the originals, Mando, Boba Fett, and then the sequels. Like, I cannot wait for that. Um, just because it's not often. I It's been about six years since we've had something come out that adds so much extra, like, layer and context for that original film, for A New Hope. Like, Rogue One added a ton of context, Right? And then this series added a lot of context on top of it. Well, not really on top of it. It was, like, different context. Like, with Rogue One, it was all Death Star-based. This is more character-focused. Um, 
So I, I did really love that, and I can't wait to rewatch New Hope with all this stuff in mind. And then he leaves Tatooine. Or not Tatooine. He leaves Alderaan. He goes off back to, to Tatooine. We, he's clearing out the cave. That was thought that was great. Thought that whole thing was great there. Uh, and then he goes to to the farm, to the moisture farm. And he's talking to Owen, and he's like, "I'm I'm going to stay out of your way. The best thing for Luke now is to just be a boy." So, and that does leave the door open for a season two. The fact that, like, and, and someone didn't mention this. And I can't remember who it was. It was, it was it, There was a show that mentioned this. Um, but what they said was, Obi-Wan is still, like, fulfilling his mandate. He's still going to protect Luke, watch over him, make sure that he does not die so that he can, or, or Leia, bring balance to the Force, right? Um, and, you know, in, in the end, it was both of them. It was both of them, you know, Luke, Luke um, brought back Anakin from Vader and in that way re- helped to restore peace and balanced it to the Force for several years. And then, years down the road, like, 31 years later, Leia brings Ben back. You know, she Leia uses her dying... Um, Leia uses her last strength to sort of, like, give Ben Solo that that message from his father, Han, and that's what brings... Um, that's what brings Ben Solo back and sort of kills Kylo Ren, you know. And that's another thing, and I'm sorry to go off on, on sequels. Um, but a lot of people say that, like, the sequel sort of, like, negates Anakin's death. Anakin's sacrifice and how Luke helped Anakin to return. And that's not true. Because the... Like, there's always going to be another bad guy. You know, it's always going to happen. It's always going to happen. And Anakin's sacrifice brought the galaxy 30 years of mostly uninterrupted peace. That's all for a galaxy and to have mostly uninterrupted peace. 30 years of it, that's pretty special. Um, so yeah, anyway. Enough on that. Talk to talk about Kenobi. D- different era, different era of the universe. Um, oh, and, and in terms of era, I, I do count this as original trilogy era because there are Imperial stormtroopers. Because that that is also how I see the eras of Star Wars is like by what stormtroopers look like or clone troopers. Um, you know, if if it's like if they're if they're in clone trooper armor, then it's um prequels if it's imperial stormtrooper then it's original and then first order is sequel era it, 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 it's just how i see it so to me mandalorian is original trilogy era anyway anyway um and I, oh my god you guys have no idea how much i 
how much I loved it when Ben walks up to Luke. And he just goes, hello there. Like, in, in almost the same cadence that he he says it in Revenge of the Sith. In Revenge of the Sith, I'm gonna try and pull up a um, sort of like a, a comparison, I guess. Comparison. All right, found it. So here it is. Uh, the comparison between uh, Ewan's "Hello there" in Revenge of the Sith and the "Hello there" in uh, Kenobi Episode Six. So, you know, not really the same way, but it's, it's good enough. And it's, it was awesome to hear it. I'm, I'm glad that, like, they saved all of the, um, the fan service stuff for, like, the back half of this episode. You know? Because, another thing, there's good fan service and there's bad fan service. Right? Like, it, it as much as I loved seeing him back, Ian... McDiarmid was just fan service for the sake of fan service, right? And I'm glad there wasn't a ton of that in this series, you know? Like, there was a little bit, I guess, with um the the training flashback in, in last week's episode, which, again, I still really love that. Like, I don't think... I, look, I think the only big misstep that this show had was not being a movie. You know, I, I think if this show was a movie, if the story was depicted um, as a two-hour film, could have tightened up all the the filler. I guess that one episode of filler we had, um, which even I thought was fine. I I was not offended by part four, like a lot of people were. I was not offended by that episode, um, and like. Liam Neeson as Qui-Gon returning, that could have been fan service. And I think, like, in this episode, it, it wasn't, like, depicted as, like, a part of the story. It was just, look, he's back, he's back. So, I, in that way, I, I would call it, quote, fan... I just call that fan service for the sake of fan service. Again, loved it. I predicted it, mostly. A couple of the details were wrong, but I did say that he would either be in the first half of the episode or it'd be, like, the last scene of this entire show. Right? Um, I think, like, you, even going into the series, I, I said he'll be in... Like, I'm going to give it four options. Four options for where Qui-Gon Jinn would appear. I'm, and I said anywhere in episode one, the back half of episode five, the first half of episode six, or as in like the first like 10 or 15 minutes, and then, or, or the like the final scene. It's going to be one of those, and they held out, but it, it was the final scene that we did see Qui-Gon Jinn pop up, and I, and I loved it. Um, so now let's talk about the real, like, I guess, 
the real like meat, the the bulk of this episode. The bulk of this episode. Uh, I mean, oh, another character we got re- returning was uh, Bonnie Peace, who returned as Baru uh, White Sun Lars. It was great to see her back because I was wondering, like, are we going to see Baru even in the series? Because she was announced as, like, a main cast member. She was announced as a main cast m- member, and she was only in, like, four minutes of, of the series finale or season finale, I guess, because we don't know if there's going to be season two. Um, but yeah, I love seeing her back. Man, Owen and Baru were kind of turning badasses in this episode, and I kind of really loved it. I really did love that a whole lot. Um, I, I honestly, if it's well written, I'd be totally down for, um, an Owen and Baru series. Like, I'm not even kidding. Like, well written. Like, they. I think Joel Edgerton was like the MVP of this episode. Like, really, I do. I, I thought like he was absolutely fantastic here as Owen. Um, because we didn't really see a whole lot of him. Like, he was in, like, two scenes in Attack of the Clones. He had a non-speaking cameo in Revenge of the Sith. In the first episode, he was great in the first episode. He was great in, in this episode. I I really wanted to see more of <clears throat> of the, the Lars homestead. Really wanted to see more of it, but it's fine. We didn't. Um, I thought that the kid who played the young Luke Skywalker was quite good. Again... I don't think that he was as good as, um, as Vivian Lyra Blair, who played young Leia, who I thought was the MVP of this whole show. I thought that Leia killed it in every episode, whenever she was on screen, like, she just, honestly, it's kind of weird, but... She just, like, exuded that, like, Carrie Fisher energy. She, like, I, I, not, not even for a moment, not even for a moment did I ever doubt that this girl would grow up to be the Princess Leia that we saw in the originals and the sequels. You know, never for a moment did I doubt that in the show, because she did a fantastic job. She did a fantastic job, and, and I'd love to see her back as Leia sometime down the road. Um, all right, let's talk about Reva for a second. This is a big thing with the final duel. I want to talk about that at the very end. Reva, I think... I love the backstory for Reva. I, I love that. I, I feel as though with Reva, you have the foundations of an excellent character. And, you know, the, the whole idea of she's an inquisitor with the sole intent. Like, she has been, like, she's been trained as an inquisitor. She, she's been an inquisitor for 10 years. With the sole purpose of waiting for the time is right 
and then killing Darth Vader. That was her entire mission. I thought, that's excellent. That should have been its own show. And that's another thing. I, it felt kind of out of place here. Like, honestly, I think this entire show should have stayed on Tatooine. This entire series should have stayed on Tatooine. I, I like what they did when they left uh, Tatooine, but if if I was writing this show, the entirety would have been on Tatooine, and we would not have had Vader involved whatsoever. You would have instead had that in a separate Inquisitor series, you know? And there you could have followed Reva as she was, like, sort of working her way up the ranks, right? But that's not what they did. <laughs> and I was listening to a, a podcast on, on this episode uh, yesterday. And what some, and again, I don't remember what show it. <coughs> I listen to so many other podcasts. I don't remember all of them. But someone said, you know, Disney warned Moses Ingram about, you know, that there were racist Star Wars fans. Which, that whole thing, I, I sort of just stopped following it because it made me mad. That people don't see their racism is not okay. Um, but if you're going to warn the actress, then what I would have done is I would have written the best damn character ever. Because, like, that would have shut them up, hopefully. Probably not, but it might have. It might have. So, and Reva was just not, again, the foundations were there. But I don't think that Reva's redemption was earned in the slightest. You know, she committed, like, uh, for me, I was fully out on a redemption for Reva in part four. I I was fully out on that in part four. Because you need to have... Because, I mean, what she did to Leia in part four was kind of, like, unforgivable. You know, it was like... She was about to torture a child. You know? She was about to torture a child. So, that... At that moment, I was, like, fully out on redeeming that character. Um, So, again, I I thought that Moe Zingram did a good job. But, man, I, I... I was disappointed in the Reva storyline. I, I don't think she did, I, I don't think that she earned that redemption moment. I, I I'm a, a little bit hesitant because you know there are rumors of a third sister spin-off series. And I I'm not interested in one. Like I mean, obviously, I'd watch it, but, like, if I wasn't a Star Wars fan, I don't think I'd watch it. I mean, the writing could be great, and then I would come around on it, but, like, still. Um, so, yeah, not a big fan of the Reva stuff in this episode. Um, but, you know, it let 
Owen and Baru be badasses, and that was freaking awesome. So, the big part of this episode. The, this entire show's reason for being. Because I remember on the, um, on the John Campia show yesterday, they, they said, you should always start out, like, when you're going to start writing a movie or a show, or anything really, focus on characters. You know? Focus on great characters and a great story first, and the great moments will follow. And, and I agree with them when they said, it feels like the entirety of this series was building up to this confrontation between Obi-Wan and Vader. Right? Now, again, I really loved this show. I thought this show was great. I would have liked it to have been a little bit better written, though. You know, I, I think that had the show had better writing, you could have done, like, a, a lot more with it. You know, it, it wouldn't have just been great moments here and there. And again, remember, I loved this show. Love the show. But I just thought that the writing was uh, a, a bit weaker in some areas. But let's talk about the fantastic, like, final duel. I, you know... The moment... There, there are two moments in this episode that really got me. The, f- the, f- the second one was when Obi-Wan and Leia are saying their goodbye. That was the second one. And he tells Leia about Anakin and Padme. But the first one... The first one was when Anik, when Vader gets you know, like half his mask to destroy and we get to see Hayden... And what really did it for me was hearing Anakin, was hearing Hayden's voice and James Earl Jones' voices. Like, when we heard those two mixed together. Here, I'll, I'll play a clip of it. Anakin is gone. I am what remains. Hearing that, just, I mean... As, as a kid, you're sort of like, you you always sort of see Anakin and Vader as two different people. And I think that's what George wanted people to sort of see them as. But this scene, this scene <laughs> showed better than I probably anything else in Star Wars. Um, the connection between Anakin and Vader. You know? You know, seeing it happen in, in, Revenge, of the, in Revenge of the Sith, that's one thing. But hearing the mashup of Hayden's, of Hayden Christensen's voice and James, and James Earl Jones' voice, 
is what that that was a gut punch. That was a gut punch. Um, so yeah, just going back to the beginning of the fight. I'm sorry, I'm jumping around a whole lot in this episode. Um, you know, Vader gets off of the the shuttle, and he's standing a couple yards from Kenobi, and he goes. Have you come to destroy me, Obi-Wan? And then... (laughs) Obi-Wan, you know, you think they're going to have a conversation. Right? And he goes into this with, like, this unfinished business. You know? Of, this is Anakin Skywalker, and he's... He's my my brother. I have to finish what I started ten years ago on Mustafar. And he goes... I will do what I must. And he gets back into that classic stance from episode three with the um with the the saber held high and the two fingers kinda out like that. <coughs> you know. He does that. And then Vader goes you will try. There's something like that. You know? And I, I'm, I'm sorry. <coughs> Coughing a bit. I'm, I, was, I was sick last week, and I don't know what happened. I feel like talking to me too much. I've been drinking water, though. I have no idea what's happening. And then the duel that ensues is epic. Absolutely epic and breathtaking and, and beautiful. Beautiful choreography like what we saw in the prequels. You know, we've not seen a real, like, lightsaber duel before this series, you know. We had that one in, um, in part three. But prior to that, the one, the last, like, saber-on-saber duel we saw was in The Rise of Skywalker, so it's been two and a half years. But the last good one... Was in 2015. The Force Awakens. Right? Um, so I, I still think that duel in, in the snow between Ray and, and, um, and Kalorana, I think that's great. Um, one thing, I, I, I don't think I actually wanted them to do this, but like in the moment, I'm like, Ooh, is he going to say it? Is he going to say it? It's when... Vader sort of, like, brings up the ground from beneath Ben, and he, and Ben sort of, like, falls in, and you can see that Vader sitting above him, like, is he gonna say that he has the high ground? He's not gonna do that, is he? I'm glad he didn't. I am really happy that he did not do that, because, you know, James Earl Jones, what he's always brought to the the voice of Vader, something very, very menacing, and you know it, it it strikes fear into your heart. So having him say, "Who has the high ground now?" That that belongs in a Lego special. You know, it does not belong in this. And I love that the moment where Obi-Wan rallies and he's, and I love the reveal of him like using the force, like hold up the, um, 
the 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 boulders. I love that so much. And he the moment where he rallies is all these memories of the Skywalker twins, particularly Leia. And he has to stay allowed to protect them to make sure that the that the galaxy is safe in their hands. So I thought that was great. And I love that Obi-Wan like almost snuck up on Vader. He almost snuck on him. He was really close. It's really close. But Vader, of course, at the last second was like, no. No, you can't sneak up on me. I'm Darth Vader. I'm Darth uh, I'm Darth Vader. You can't do that. So Again, I no, and I also saw something today. So something this morning, and it was uh, Ahsoka saw one half of Vader's of Vader's face. Ben saw the other half, but Luke saw the whole thing. You know, so I I think that parallel there that both Ben and Ahsoka were able to like get the closure with with their old friend. And understand, I I think I, I need to rewatch Rebels because I don't think Ahsoka really talks about after if if Vader, like if if she considered Anakin to still be in, inside of Vader, like if or if she like Ben thought no, he's Anakin is gone and only Vader remains. And I love that he ended it by saying goodbye, Doth. You know. He calls him Darth in A New Hope. I think that's the only, I think that's the only time we've ever heard anyone refer to a Sith Lord just as like Darth. You know, it's not your it's not your first name. So, yeah, I mean, I, this whole episode I, I thought overall was fantastic. There are things in this show that I'm willing to ignore purely for the sake of the fact that I love Star Wars. You know, that that's why I'm, I'm ignoring them. But I thought that overall, this show was absolutely fantastic. Um, cannot wait to rewatch it several, several times. Um, Alright, we do have some listener feedback here from the boss. Who would have guessed it? that the boss is leaving us some, some listener feedback. All right. What a fantastic, fantastic episode. Glad I wasn't cutting onions as I definitely, or glad I was cutting onions as I definitely wasn't crying in some parts. Ep six absolutely paid off. Overall, very happy with the series. We need a series two. Um, again, I don't know. I, I love to, to to see like the story continue in some other way, maybe not as a series, maybe as a movie, but I don't think there's a Star Wars movie coming out for a while, like at least two years. So maybe, maybe, um, just write it well, make the episodes longer. You know, I, I, that'd be great. Um, the boss also send anything, send an, anything else. Uh, yeah. Absolutely fantastic episode. Loved every part of it. They nailed the landing for me. I totally agree with that. 
Lots of emotional string pulls, and I hope that we get another series now on Ms. Marvel. Yeah, Ms. Marvel this week, awesome episode, as usual. Loved it, that show. So, and make sure you check out another Marvel podcast if you're watching Ms. Marvel. All right, the boss also says, Some people have complained that there has been no risk on Obi-Wan because we know how Obi and Leia's arcs go. It's not about the risk all the time. Sometimes we just want to know how know the journey of how they got there. Yeah, I'm a 100%. I totally agree with this. Um, you know, as I said, this show added new context to A New Hope. It to the entire like original trilogy. And it's meaningful context. And it's hard to do that for a film that's 45 years old. So on that level, I really have to applaud what Deborah Chow and Joby Harold and Andrew Stanton and all and all the other writers of the show have done. So from that standpoint, fantastic job. All right, one last one here from the boss. Um, you called it right, brother, about Qui-Gon and exactly how he'll make his appearance as a fantastic guest. Yeah, I mean, I mostly called, <coughs> mostly called it. You know, because I, I said what it was going to be was very end... He's going to be meditating in his in the new like house that we saw in a new hope. We didn't end up seeing that house. I'm sure that'd be something in the season two that we get to to see. Um, and the and then he's he'd be meditating, and then we'd hear the voice of Liam Neeson, Obi Wan, and that would be it. That would have been it. I'm glad they didn't do that. I'm glad we actually got to see Force Ghost Quiet Gotten Gen. So, yeah, not quite exactly, but it's close enough. Close enough. Um, so, yeah, that's going to do it, I think, for um, this review of the Obi-Wan Kenobi season finale. Hope we get more. I hope we get some news soon, because... I mean, look, it's only two months until Andor. It wasn't, like, the um, the three and a half, almost four months we had to go between Boba Fett and Kenobi. So, there is going to be Star Wars soon. Um, I wonder if we could get some, like, announcements at Star Wars, at not, at not Celebration, at, um, at San Diego Comic-Con next month. I wonder if Star Wars is going to be doing a panel there. Hope they are. Get some announcements. Things to talk about. Um, yeah, so guys, thank you so, so much for listening to this and to the entire, to all of our coverage for Obi-Wan. We are going to have our, um, Obi-Wan Kenobi series or season wrap up, um, in the coming weeks. So you have that to look forward to. Um, yeah, so thank you guys so much for listening again. Send in your feedback at Tuscan Radio Pod on Twitter. Send it to us in an email, tuscanradio at gmail.com, and we'll read it here on the show. Thank you guys so, so much for listening. I'm Drew Grouch. May the force be with you always. I have spoken.